Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. My name is Fernie. I am a psychic medium and spiritual teacher. And on today's podcast episode, I'm going to talk to you guys about Sedona. I recently went there for a trip um, with my partner and we had a really great time. We had some really memorable experiences, but Sedona wasn't exactly what I was expecting. So I kind of want to go into my story and what I experienced when I went. So for those of you who don't know who I am, please check out my website, www.fernandamarone.com, and you can find out more about me, the work that I do. You can also find out more about my backstory and how I was guided and led into this kind of work. Um, You can also find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and also on Snapchat and on Twitter. And uh, just follow me on there because on Facebook and also on Instagram, I tend to get on there every week, once or twice, to do um, free readings for you guys who have questions, whether it is something you want to know about your personal life, or if you want to um, ask me a spiritual-based question, you can do though. You can do so on those lives, and I, I'm happy to do it. So, getting back to our story, um, I had a friend who was getting married. Her name is Victoria McSpadden. She's a Reiki healer in Houston. And uh, she was the only person that I kind of trusted with Reiki um, when I was in Houston, um, just because I really felt a strong vibrational energy when it came to Reiki. Now, granted, I had other people that I went to for other things. I know a very well-known shaman in Houston. I know an incredible uh, past life um regressionist in Houston as well. So everyone had their own um, area, but I always went to uh, Victoria McSpadden for Reiki. So um, I would, I would go to her regularly. We'd have, you know, we, we do shop talk, which we talk about our experiences being Reiki healers and whatnot, but it was a really great um, professional and uh, just personal relationship. Um, and we, we were never really best friends. I mean, it's not like we talked like all the time or we spent a lot of time together, but when we came together, it was a meaningful experience and I was just really blown away by her, her talent. Uh, so after I left Houston, I kind of sent, you know, when I moved to Santa Fe, a lot of my clients who still wanted Reiki, they would a- they would ask me, you know, who do I go to or wh- who would th- who would I recommend because I wasn't in Houston to, to do it anymore. And I would always tell them, hey, check out Victoria. She's the next best thing to um, to to a really solid, um, talented Reiki healer if you can't get a hold of me. So um, I was really humbled. And incredibly, incredibly blessed to be asked to attend her wedding. And she, she just like randomly messaged me one day and says, hey, would you like to come to my wedding? And I'm like, oh, sure, Where, where's your wedding? And she's like, well, we're, we're doing it in Sedona. And I was like, yeah, who wouldn't want to go to Sedona? And it, and I had already planned on, a, on going to Sedona at some point. Um, Sedona is only like six or seven hours away from where I am. So it's not that incredibly, incredibly far. If you live in Houston, it's like the same distance from Houston going over to New Orleans, about six or seven hours. So it's not that incredibly far away. Um, and so when she asked me, I was very blessed, very humbled, um, and honored to be asked to attend her wedding in Sedona. And of course I said yes. So it was about two or three months out from that date. Went ahead, booked the uh, Airbnb, and also, um, you know, went ahead and made plans around that event. Scheduled myself off from work so I could, you know, really focus on the trip. So 
I was, it was going to be like, a th- it was, the wedding festivities were going to be like three days long. Um, I was only going to be attending the festivities for one of the days because I was going to be driving in on the day before and then the next day after, which was just more of a like, you know, we're going to do this and this and horseback riding and, you know, mountain climbing or whatever. I kind of wanted to spend time with my partner, Ed, because we'd never been to Sedona and I wanted us to have some one-on-one time there. So um, that's what we did. And uh, we went ahead and drove out. And uh, I was very surprised at how beautiful parts of Arizona um, is. Now, I, I did expect Arizona to be beautiful, but I also didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect because um, I'd never been. I'd never really, you know, kn- I know about Phoenix. Um, I've heard of Sedona. Um, but those are the two main places in Arizona that I am familiar with. You know, you kind of forget about the other towns unless they're really talked about a lot. So we went and drove through, what was it? We drove through Flagstaff and I was incredibly impressed with Flagstaff. Flagstaff was beautiful. Kind of reminds me of like a mountainous Austin um, compared to like Texas. And there's a lot of the same, it's a college town. So there's a lot of, you know, very cool little hangouts and stuff like that. So we were, we were actually pretty impressed with Flagstaff. Um, It was cool. And we plan on going back there again. And uh, you have to go, driving through Flagstaff to get to Sedona. And when you make that that little, it's like a, it's less than an hour drive from Flagstaff to, to Sedona and it's kind of driving south. But when you're driving through, you're, you're kind of going through these canyons and along a river and it's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Once you get into Sedona and you see the, the cliffs and the mountains and the, the it's, it's, it's breathtaking. I mean, it is absolutely breathtaking. You really can't get the sense of like awe until you drive through there and you see it. So I, I was like, wow, like this place is gorgeous. Um, driving through it though, I'm. I, it was Easter weekend. <laughs> Not a good idea to go to a to a uh, place like Sedona on an Easter weekend because there were so many people there. And uh, I don't really care for crowds. I don't really care in dealing with like being in traffic or dealing with lots of traffic. It's probably one of the reasons why I don't really care for driving in Houston or why I don't didn't want to really stay in Houston too long. So it, it just it, it it's it was really busy. There was a lot of people. Um, it was a bit too busy, and there was too many people. And Sedona itself, the town. I was expecting more down-to-earth, more um, spiritual, eclectic kind of quirkiness to it, and it's not that at all. It, it looks like a suburb. That's what it looks like. It looks like a little suburban town with a, sh- with a main strip, a main shopping strip, except everything is super overly manicured and beautiful. The town is gorgeous. I mean, it's beautiful, but it was kind of... It didn't feel spiritual. The town itself didn't feel spiritual. It didn't feel like this is where I'm going to come to find myself. This is where I'm going to come and, you know, be one with the universe, be one with God. This is where I'm going to go and have my first major psychic. Like, it didn't feel like that at all to me. In fact, it felt quite the opposite. It felt very commercial. It felt very much, um, it felt very much like, Universal Studios plus um, Whole Foods plus like 
spiritual superstore. Like that's what it felt like to me. So it was kind of a mishmash of all of that, but it was very commercial and it didn't feel spiritual to me. It felt more commercial, more business, more shopping, more like I come here for the status of I went to Sedona versus I came here to find myself. I came here to participate in workshops. I came here to participate in whatever. Now, granted, we did see a lot of that while we were there, but it was all mixed in and still the commercialized shopping touristy Universal Studios kind of vibe was more prevalent than, you know, than that spiritual vibe honestly and i was telling ed because we were talking about this on the way back because he had the exact same reaction um we felt that santa fe was more spiritual than sedona because here spirituality is kind of a way of life everybody's a psychic everybody's uh you know a spiritual person in some way or another so you know having a drum circle is like part of like a lot of people's experiences um you know you've got all you've got people doing all kinds of things yoga meditation retreats etc that's all a norm here but it's all integrated so that it's part of the culture here and yet here you know here you have five six hundred years worth of history that's already been established Sedona is a new town it's a new city and it doesn't have like hundreds and hundreds of years of like cultural experiences now granted there were Native Americans and indigenous people there and that's the culture but I honestly didn't get enough of that vibe there when I was there. Like I get more of that here in Santa Fe than I did in Sedona. So I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed in that part because I was expecting more culture. I was expecting more history and I was expecting more emphasis on spiritual experiences. I wasn't expecting to be in the Galleria, you know, in Houston where it's just a shopping center and everything's kind of, you know, like everything's made to look a certain way, but it feels all fabricated. You know, all these nice, beautiful buildings are not old. They don't have historical context. They're just fabrications or they're, it almost felt like, you know, when you go to Las Vegas and you've got the Bellagio or you've got these you know um these statues and fountains that are basically copycats of what's in actual italy it kind of felt that way to me a little bit now i won't say fake but a little bit um it a little like that so that was the vibe of the town itself a lot of nice people there but a lot of people there period so there was a lot of people in town in the city and it's actually a very international community because i saw i I saw people from all over the damn place i saw people from france i saw people from india i saw people from china i saw people from every place in the world there so it's very well represented when it comes to international community which is pretty cool um but it like again it felt more like a a mishmash of like um commercial commercialism with um like uh commercialism with you know uh, buying you know shops etc so that was that was the town itself um i say so we stayed in an airbnb and it was on a horse ranch and the horse ranch was it was a ha- it was actually a horse sanctuary so the owner of the property rescues horses from the slaughterhouse and at one point and i posted this on instagram if you guys didn't get a chance to see the pictures um we were driving down the down the road of this horse ranch and the horses came up to actually ed got out to take a picture and the horses saw him and then they all just started kind of congregating over to us and then they came up to him and he's like trying to pet them and i'm like oh i want to i want to touch it i want to touch it so i got out and i started petting the horses very friendly very very beautiful creatures um and then one of the horses came up and started nibbling on 
on like the this like clip from the back of my truck. It's like this rubber clip that clamps the um, the back cover, um, folds it over so that I can have it open. Um, and I was like, no, like stop that. Like you better stop that, mister. So I was just like talking to the horse, trying to get the horse to stop chewing on the, uh, the, the clip. So that was an interesting experience, but it was, it was gorgeous. It was breathtaking views um, at that ranch. And so the wedding itself was gorgeous. It was very well done, very tasteful. Very, I mean, they, were, they paid attention to detail. So I was pretty happy about the amount of detail that they put into it. Um, and this was an interracial marriage. So my friend, she comes from a white family. You know, they're, they're, they're all like white as can be. And then she was marrying a black man. And so this was an interracial marriage. And at the, when you, when we, cause they had their ceremony at the top of this place. It's called lover's knoll. I think it's what it's called. Um, and, and, um, so it's kind of like an, you, you, you do it on this, at this little, like, it's like a hilltop and you have a view of this entire Canyon area. It was gorgeous. Again, if you guys haven't seen the pictures on Instagram, I, I uploaded it to Instagram cause I was just so uh, amazed at how gorgeous this view was. And they had a shaman, conduct the ceremony he started playing native american flute music before these the events began and when you walk in at the front of the where, where all the chairs are at there's a little sign that says like we're all one family now it doesn't matter where you sit you know you're you, it doesn't matter don't you know you don't just have to sit on one side kind of making it a point to say you know whether you're black or white it doesn't matter because we're all the same and we are all one now so i loved that message i i absolutely adored that so kudos to them for doing that. And for it's almost like we're not just getting married, we're making a statement. And I love the statement. And I loved the marriage itself. So really, really happy about that. So they um they so that was the the second day that I arrived there. And then afterwards we had like a break between the brunch and uh the reception. There was like a six like a six hour break, I think, between the, the lunch and reception. So Ed and I decided to go and check out one of the vortices. And in Sedona, I believe there are four major vortices or vortexes, places where it's kind of like um this these these rocks or these um they look like mini mountains, but they're shaped like different things. And there's four of them, and they apparently have like they're 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 kind of like a place where you can experience this vortex of energy. And different people have different experiences. They experience different things. Some people physical, some people emotional or mental or spiritual. And I wanted to check them out because I'd heard about the vortices and in Sedona for a long time and I wanted to really see if this was actually um if this was actually like a real legit thing so I went to the Bell Rock yeah it was the Bell Rock Vortex on that first day the, the day of the wedding in between that break with with the um the reception and the wedding so uh we went to Bell Rock and got there one of the things that I will say I don't appreciate about these places is that there were so many people like there <laughs> it, when you go to a spiritual place when you go to a place of significance or of, of, of sacred spiritual energy we're supposed to have sacred spiritual energy you would like to have some space you would like to have a moment to just be in that moment um, and it's kind of hard to do that when you've got like 
tourists who are saying, yeah, I'm neurotic and I am a crazy person and I'm just, I don't know if they want me here or not. Like you have these people talking and they're just kind of interrupting everybody else's experience. So the, the thing about, you know, going to a place like this is it is a sacred place. It has got supposedly all this energy, but you also have to share that experience, that moment with a bunch of tourists that you have no control over so you kind of have to find a peace within the chaos and so we tried our very best to kind of separate ourselves from any crowds or any large groups of people that were visiting some of these places and we did manage to be successful um, to some extent with visiting some of these places once we got to, to, to bell rock i took a buttload of pictures and um one of the pictures that i captured was what I think was a UFO. And after I didn't realize it at the time, because I was just like, you know, I, I was like, Oh, my God, this is gorgeous. And I took my iPhone out. And I snapped a picture, snapped a picture, snapped a picture, snapped a picture. So I was just snapping pictures. And in one picture, when I got back to to into Santa Fe, when I was looking at my um, the pictures that I shot the day, um, the day we were on the trip, I noticed something in the picture and there was like a little speck in the sky. And I was like, what is that? And so then I zoom in and it looked like a flying saucer. I mean, it looked legitimately like a flying saucer. Like that looks really like a flying saucer, but I didn't take it for that. I just thought it looks a lot like it. It must be like a bird. Cause I noticed when we were there, there were lots of helicopters in the area because people, tourists are always flying around looking at views of the you know the area so again it's really hard to enjoy fully some of those places because you got a bunch of people tourists there talking or you know talking loudly or saying whatever and kind of interrupting everybody else's i had this one woman she was on her cell phone and she was talking about the trip and she was talking to her friend she's like no he stayed in the he stayed in his uh, room he didn't want to come out and you know we were talking the day before and i told him like you're having you're having your you're hearing all of these personal conversations so there's that going on you've got flying choppers like all over the place and they like and granted Sedona there's an airport right next to the town so you always have these planes taking off and going landing but then you also got choppers where people are renting choppers to go throughout the caverns or throughout the canyons to take a look at Sedona from the air so you got all these things going on simultaneously so when we were at Bell Rock, I knew there were choppers around because I'd heard them. And then I knew that the, the planes were taking off at the airport because you can see the airport. There's there's a huge, there's like a, it, the airport's on top of a mesa. It's on top of this, like top of a canyon. It's, a mesa is like a flat mountain. That's what that means. So um, at the top is flat, but it's kind of a canyonous thing that goes up in the air. So there's planes taking off there. Um, and then we had ravens. Um, flying around in the area and ravens are like large black birds so they're they're unmistakable and they're they're it's not easy to avoid them because they're very big they're very large and they're very loud i act absolutely and i must say being in new mexico i absolutely love the sound of ravens um in the morning when it's so quiet and still and then you hear a raven going by and squawking but the way that it squawks just feels very spiritual i don't know how to explain it but so i knew that there were these distractions or things around in the area of bell rock um so i snapped the pictures so when i went back over them and i saw that i thought to myself well that's weird i I don't really 
what is that? You know, and, and so I was zoomed in and it looks like a legitimate flying saucer. And if you've been on my Instagram and on Facebook, I actually posted the images of what I took, what I believed is a UFO. But I also thought mm, it might be a helicopter. It might be a raven. It might be something else. Um, and someone even suggested a, a, a drone. My sister suggested a blimp, which there's no way in how it was a blimp just because I know what a blimp looks like in Houston next to the Minute Maid Park, the, um, the stadium where the Astros play. There's blimps there all the time, and you can see them pretty far away, and it's pretty unmistakable that that's a blimp. So I was like, no, that's not a blimp. And normally with the um, with a uh, drone, you can hear them because they're really loud. And um, even even here, we I mean I've encountered them several times, so I kind of know what it what it sounds like. It's just like buzzing sound um and even from like 100 feet away you can still hear them pretty pretty significantly even on a windy day so i mean you can hear them so i was like no that's not that doesn't look and it the shape just wasn't appropriate for a drone so i thought well you know so it took a few a little while for me to try to look into other pictures compare it to see what it could be i today believe that's probably what it was it was a ufo it was a it was some sort of a craft I'm not going to say it's alien because it could be anything, but it's possible, right? It's possible. And I'm actually going to do another podcast on, on my my whole beliefs about aliens and extraterrestrials and visitations, etc. Um, because that's a, that's a conversation to be had. And honestly, I feel that it's appropriate because we now have validation from our own government, from the U.S. military, that there are unidentified craft that don't belong to known um, to known organizations, you know, on this planet and could potentially be from a different place. And I mean, the Pentagon had a program going on then. We're not even talking about the whole Roswell thing or the whole secrecy programs and stuff. We're talking about the legit article that came out in the New York times at the Pentagon. And this was just last year, I think, or the year before where the Pentagon admitted that they had a UFO program um, going on for several, several years trying to investigate what these things were and where they're coming from because they don't know. Um, and the fact that our own military has admitted and acknowledged that there's, there's shit flying in our airspace and we don't know what it is. Um, and we're one of the most heavily monitored airspaces in the world. That's That gets your attention, right? That's got to get your attention and, and give the credibility to the fact that we might, in fact, be receiving some business visitations from craft that don't really come from the planet so but we'll get into that on another another uh, podcast so i caught that picture and i got that at bell rock and that was that second day and um then then we went back home i took a shower and then i went to the um, reception and it's funny because i had a there was a client um in sedona that i have from houston and she just so happened to be in the restaurant above the reception room that i was in so she mentioned it on, on instagram she's like i think i saw you getting out of your truck and walking and i was going to scream and say your name but i wanted to leave you alone i'm like no you should have totally screamed and said my name i would have loved you know for someone to say hey friday like i'm from you know houston and come up to me and give me a hug i would have given you a hug um but um so the reception was great had a lot of fun there and then the next day was just like a free day for us to do whatever we wanted to do so we went and visited two more of the vortices um we did a hell of a lot of hiking a lot of walking my feet were hurting um i think when we looked at the numbers we walked like a total of like 20 miles on our trip in sedona like that's a long ass amount of walking i'll tell you that from all the different places we visited um but in in the bell rock in the at the bell rock 
vortex, which is where I, I thought I caught the UFO, and also this other vortex. I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Taylor Canyon or some some name like that. Um, I didn't really feel much. I, I just felt relaxed, maybe calm. I didn't really feel any sort of energetic vibrational change from what my normal state is. Um, I just felt relaxed and calm. And maybe that is the energy people feel. Maybe people go there and they feel anxious as shit and then they sit their asses down and they feel totally relaxed. Maybe, maybe what that's what, what it was. Um, then we went to the last vortex we went to, which is the one that everybody had been talking about. Everyone had been telling me about, um, but I, I had no plans of going just because I thought, oh, everybody will be there. And it's the smallest of all the vort- vortices. And it's uh, the um, airport Mesa vortex. And that vortex, that that the Mesa, is right next to the airport, hence the reason why it's called airport Mesa vortex, because it's literally right next to the Mesa that is the airport. So we went there, and I really was not expecting to experience anything there just because it was so busy. It was the busiest of all the places we had been to. We had choppers, we had planes, we had you know crowds of people, um, we had cars. The mesas like overlooking a parking lot and a long like a, a big road, um, and, and so I wasn't expecting anything at all because it felt it felt less than spiritual. So on our way down, because we had to park kind of at this high place and we had to walk down a good like mile and a half, two miles to the airport Mesa, on our hike down, I started to experience some sensations in my body. And it almost felt like little sparks within my body, but the sparks felt wet, if that makes any sense. It, it, it was very similar to kind of like the tingling that you have when your foot falls asleep, except it wasn't that intense, but it was more sparks throughout my body, but they were wet. So, so it felt like water or sprinkles. And I even looked up at one moment because I'm like, is it, you know, is it raining? But the, the, the sky was clear. There weren't any clouds in the sky. So there was no rain. So I was like, okay, where's this coming from? So I felt that on the way down. Um, and then when we actually got to the Mesa and got on top, it was extremely windy. I was, I was, I thought people were going to blow off the damn Mesa. It was so windy, but the views were amazing. Oh my God. The view of Sedona itself, the town, the view of the other half of Sedona, that's where the Bell Rock is at. And it's kind of like another open Canyon area. I mean, again, if you're going to go to Sedona, if you don't go for anything other than just the views, it is totally worth it totally worth it for us going for the views going for the um the hikes totally worth it the town itself there's a, i mean like i said there's a few quirky places there's some really good restaurants there some really good like cafes and some some um, restaurants in that way you got to kind of pick them because they're kind of mixed in with some of the places that come across a little more um upscale or bougie but um if you're not looking for like a, a bougie place or for an upscale restaurant there's some of these little mom and pop shops around the town you just kind of have to find them find them or look for them um because they're they're called they're establishments and they still think that they're kind of like holding the wall places but they're really good and there was a couple of places we found that were really amazing uh but airport mesa so when we got there when i got to the top i didn't again didn't feel anything right away and uh we were just so busy taking pictures and you know we had a bunch of tourists who were like trying to do those snapshots where they were jumping and trying to take pictures on the top of it and everything so we waited there waited there some crowds would come some crowds would go some crowds come but there were times when it was a little bit slower and we were up there for a good 30 minutes. And um, once we sat there for a good 30 minutes, then I started to feel some sensations. Uh, the sensation that I had 
was I started to feel when we got there and we parked in the parking lot, I had a headache. And I think I had a headache because we had hiked so much and we were in the sun and it was not hot, but it was just, you put your body through a lot when you hike that much. So I think I just had a headache because either I was hungry or my blood sugar was low, but I had, I had food to eat and I had water, but I just had a headache. So when we got to the top of the Mesa and I sat there for 30 minutes, I felt pressure in my head similar to when I do readings. Um, so when I have a full day's worth of readings, I'll do anywhere from 10 to 15 um, appointments um, with clients. So 10 to 15 people appointments um, in a day. And granted, that's a lot. Most, I mean, normally you shouldn't really do more than four or five just because it takes a lot of energy. But I got that old Starbucks mentality where I'm like, oh, we got 20 orders of lattes. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Like that's just how I am. Um, but normally when I do like a 10 or 15 person day, if I start to get up to the upper amount of like 15, 16, 17 people, um, I start to develop pressure in my head. And it's almost a sign that I, I recognize that you need to stop. Like you're, you're pushing yourself past the point of, of, of potential, uh, not potential, but of, um, what's the word when something can't handle more of something. So it's almost like it's too much energy, too much liquid, whatever it is, too much capacity. You're hitting the limits of your capacity to be able to channel energy or information. So when I start to get to the end of my, my, my day and I start to feel that pressure in my head and it's not painful, it just feels like, like someone's like stuck their hand in the center of my head and they're squeezing a little bit. So it kind of feels like just pressure. But when I feel that I know I'm getting to the, my limits and I need to kind of stop at that point. Um, so I started to feel something very similar when I was on Bell Rock, on, I'm sorry, Bell Rock, on Airport Mesa. And then I started to notice it was kind of moving. And so it was moving over from the center of my head and to, and where my headache was actually, was going away. Like my headache was starting to fade and the pressure was in the center. And then it started moving down my, um, my spinal cord, um, or my brainstem. And so I felt it in kind of in the back of my, my, um, skull and in the brainstem area. And I felt like someone was just like squeezing or somebody was like pressing up against that. It was a pretty cool sensation. Um, it, it, but it was there, it was totally obvious to me and it was there. So that's what I felt. Um, I didn't really feel like anything other than that emotionally, mentally, I didn't feel anything other than that, other than just what was already going on in my head. Um, Ed felt, he's just that he felt a little like, like tickle or a little slight, maybe like, um, sensation and on his third eye area. Um, but that's all, you know, and he didn't really think nothing of it. He just felt, I, I feel a little something, something right here in the center in the third eye. Um, but that was it. So that's what we felt. Um, that's all we felt. Um, while we were there, you know, you can look down from the Mesa and if you look across to this other little canyon area you could see people down there and they were all like spread out in a circle um and they were meditating actually they were doing yoga and then they started meditating laying down laying on the rock and then there was a their instructor and they were playing a, a flute music again things like that there where the spiritual like practices and the spiritual this, that's that type of spirituality is kind of like there but then you've also got that whole suburban feel as well so it's kind of a mix there but it's still pretty cool i really enjoyed the trip um just because we got to see some amazing views sorry about that um, we got to see some amazing views um and also 
we got to see some amazing. We got to see some amazing views, and um, Ed, Ed was letting me know he was going for his walk. He's like, "I don't have time to wait for you. I'm going walking." So I was like, "Sure, whatever, do it." Um, he said, "If you're recording that podcast longer than we're supposed to go walking, I'm just going to go without you." So that's what he went to go do. Um, but yeah, I I I really enjoyed the trip. Um, it was pretty amazing. I will do it again. We're actually planning on going again just because we want to do some more hiking there. Um, and, and, uh, if any, like I said, if you go for anything else, check, just go just for the views because the views in itself are worth the trip. They're worth checking it out and going to just gaze at the beauty that life, God, the universe has to show you. So I, um, and when we go back, I think we're going to stay in town just because we stayed out outside of Sedona the last time we were there. And we kind of want to be in the center of town or in, a, in an area of town where we're kind of higher up so we can kind of view everything um, wherever we're going to be staying at. So that's our plan for our next visit, next trip. But all right, guys, this has been my podcast. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've done one of these. I'm sorry. I just got really busy. I got really sidetracked with a bunch of other things. And I just was like, okay, you know, I've got, uh, we had a mama cat. She had some health issues come up and we had to deal with that. And then uh, my house is in the final stages of its sale. So it's just been like, it, like it's just bombardment of things that I needed to be taken care of. And this just kind of fell by the wayside. So sorry about it, guys. I hope you understand. I know you understand, honestly. Um, but um, check me out again on my website, Um I did write about my experiences in Sedona on my weekly newsletter. And I also, um, I did post some of those things on Instagram and Facebook as well. So check out my newsletter. You can sign up for my newsletter on my website. Um, and I hope that you guys will check out Sedona for yourselves one day, because it is worth the trip for sure. Um, and until next time, I will talk to you then. Okay. I love you guys. Bye-bye.